everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. I'm Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler, and I have a question for you. Do you have chronic illness? Do you need better systems to scale your company? Well, here on this podcast, we listen to conversations that reveal the tools and mindsets to make our businesses grow more easily. I know our guest today has some insight into that. So grab your pens and paper and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Allison Tedford. Thank you so much, Nancy. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what brought you here to my show. I am a business consultant. I live in Abbotsford, BC. I'm also an author and I'm somebody who struggles with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and mast cell activation syndrome, um, which are conditions that can be uncomfortable and um, can limit my capacity with like cognitively sometimes. So I've had to develop a lot of systems and tools over the years in order to be able to run my business effectively. I understand that completely. We were just talking seconds ago about what did we say we were going to talk about today? (laughs) I have, and, and it drives me crazy because I used to be so proud of the fact that I could remember everything. I had this absolutely incredible memory and I, I never forgot anything. And now it's like, oh my gosh, I know. Today? <laughs> I, I have to take a lot of antihistamines for my condition and sometimes that can slow things down. And I kind of liken it to like rebooting a super slow computer, but like, instead of bringing up your word processor, like with my ADHD combined, it's like, maybe it'll also make you milkshake at that time. Like it's not going to have the desired impact and it's going to take a while to get there. So definitely having something to keep me on track is really crucial. Otherwise I can be easily distracted into something else. Yeah. And I have uh, one of the, the systems that I have in place or tools, I guess you'd call it, is something that I couldn't live without. But I have two screens, two monitors. One of them is I'm here talking to you, but the other one is I have Evernote up. And all of my documents, all of my statements, everything is over there. And I get people looking at me really funny because I should be looking at you and I'm over here looking at this other monitor, reading what I'm supposed to be saying. And it's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, I'm not really not paying attention to you. It's just, I have to keep myself focused. So let's just jump right in. What you're a business consultant, you said? Yes, I do um, inclusive marketing with people and I also help them with diversity, equity, and inclusion within their business. Wonderful. That's great. Well, considering that you're a successful business owner and the fact that you have issues, I'm sure you've dealt with trying to balance what's going on. Do I focus on my health? Do I focus on my business? How do I make the two go together? Do I just, I was in a place at one point where 
I said, screw the business. I don't care. I just, you know, I'm so depressed. I'm so down. I'm so, I can't do any of this anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to sit in my corner. And then I got to the point where I thought, no, doggone it. You know, there's a lot that still can be done. Let's figure out how to do it. So how did you figure out how to do it? For me, task management has been really key. I use a system called Todoist and it will auto-populate my to-do list. And I input tasks using natural language. So I can be like every Friday, send a newsletter. And then every Friday, my to-do list will include that. And if I have daily recurring tasks, those repopulate every day. So it makes getting things done a lot easier because I always know what I have to do every day and I can, you know, include attachments or links and it just makes everything so much easier. And I can categorize by project, like they have it in board format, or I use like a streamlined list format format which is easier for me to look at. I find the ability to prioritize in the system too can help me figure out what I have to do next in order to get things done. Yeah, I had looked at that quite a long time ago and I think all I saw was the boards and I thought, I can't, I can't do that. That doesn't work for me. But if it has lists and things as well, then maybe I'll revisit that because I need to, to have a to-do list. But for me, that can get overwhelming. So how do you just deal with the, the little bits and pieces of putting together a to-do list? I mean, for me, I, I try to look at what's reasonable to get done in a day and really kind of planning for worst case scenario so that I'm not I'm like planning for a best case scenario and then always feeling behind because I'm trying to catch up because like some days are better than others. Like I had like maybe two and a half usable hours the other day, which is really hard if you've got eight hours of stuff planned. But that's just the reality was that my allergies were really bad and I had to take quite a bit of antihistamines and it took like till 8 p.m. the next day for my brain to get online. So I was able to do two interviews and answer some correspondence and have a phone call. And that was the day. That was all that could be done. And how do you talk to yourself during days like that? I mean, I really just try to focus on like, I'm doing the best that I can. I think of what my son used to say to me when he was little, which was, mommy, you can't pull a bunny out of your hat (laughs) and try and look at like the fact that the fact that I'm able to do what I can do, given the barriers that I'm facing is admirable because it is really objectively difficult. And so if I get wrapped up in the fact that it's hard and, and it's unfair, which like, I still have times where I have to like deal with those feelings, but I try to focus on the fact that I am getting things done and, and I am pushing forward and also just having a long-term plan because I know that like, ultimately the speed I'm going now is still more than it should be. So having a plan of like, okay, this is what I need to get done in order to get to a place where I'll be able to work less and having a long-term plan to kind of hang on to and be like, hey, I only have to operate at this speed for the next year. And then after that, I can move down to this speed and that will be easier still. So at least knowing that there is like light at the end of the tunnel is super helpful. That just gave me this hilarious picture in my head. You're absolutely right. And and it makes 
perfect sense and it's wonderful. And I think the the focus needs to be on doing what we can, not what we can't. But I have I have my electric wheelchair, I have my regular wheelchair, and I have a scooter like you find in the grocery stores, you know, that have the, the controls on them. And literally the controls on my scooter, the fast is when you said pulling a bunny out of your hat, the fast is rabbit and the slowest is turtle. And you, you know, you go in between. Well, my whole life up until now has been set to rabbit speed. You know, I'm just zoom going. And my husband keeps telling me, put it on turtle, put it on turtle. Well, I've, I've come to realize recently that if I have it on rabbit, I fall off, it. <laughs> you know, I'm going and I hit a bump and pretty soon my feet are up in the air, the wheels are spinning and I've got nowhere. But if I put it on turtle, I may not be getting where I'm going as fast as I would if I had it on rabbit. But I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and then just being able to focus on doing what you can with what you have and, and focusing on incremental improvement where possible, which is recognizing the variable limit and being really clear with people and making sure to plan out and not, you know, not take things on that are less than a week turnaround because it's just maybe not feasible or reasonable for me unless I don't have anything else going on. And just really being realistic about what can be achieved because yeah, it's it's been a lot. But I mean, in being able to focus on those things, I've been able to get like quite a bit done. I wrote four books this year and one of them is around chronic pain and entrepreneurship. So being able to get that done while still running a business, while still mothering, while our province was on fire and in the middle of a pandemic has been kind of a lot. So staying organized has been key. Otherwise, I would have completely lost my mind. I was going to say, I think that's kind of a lot. You know, give yourself credit for all of that because that's an incredible amount to have gotten done. And, and just for anybody, let alone somebody who's got, you know, challenges along the way. It's, it's talking about all of that and doing all of that. I think celebrating your successes is really, really, really important. And that's what we've been talking about. Do you have anything, any tool, anything special that you do to celebrate a success? I'm somebody who really likes long baths because they help me with my pain management. One of my midwife clients says they're mother nature's epidural. So I like to soak in my giant soaker tub in my new apartment. And I like to order in Thai food so I don't have to cook and give myself the night off. Or I usually get like a weekly charcuterie, which is nice to enjoy and spend some time giving myself permission to just like watch TV and not necessarily be productive every minute and get a lot of sleep. <laughs> that would be nice. I, you know, for some reason, if I take a nap in the middle of the day, I can just zone right out and I'm sound asleep and I'll wake up and it's three hours later. But if I try to sleep at night, 
forget it. <laughs> you know, I, I'll be asleep for an hour and then it's, it's over with and, I, and I'm not going to sleep anymore the rest of the night. So our brains and our bodies do really strange things to us. And, and it's really interesting to see how we deal with all of those things. But with all of the work that you've done over this past year that you were just telling us about, what are some of the other tools that you have used that allow you to do the things that you've done? I use either Otter or Temi for auto transcription because my joints dislocate when I type for long periods of time. And like there's, that was a lot of writing and I still do a lot of writing for clients. So being able to dictate my content has been really helpful because it just takes the strain off of my joints and it lets me work from bed if I need to, because I can have my Otter app on my phone and be dictating into that or using Google Docs voice option is also another way that I found it's been helpful. But really for when I'm doing interviews with people for my book or for articles, being able to record those interviews and load them up into my machine transcription software means I don't have to scramble to take notes, um, which can be hard on my hands. And I can pay attention more closely because I'm not trying to juggle all of the things because I know I have a recording of the conversation. So that definitely helps a lot is having the machine transcription. And at one point I was even using somebody to go through and listen to the machine transcription and correct the sound alike words so that it was more usable, so that I didn't have to do so much editing myself. I know with me and with my business years ago, I started out more as a, they would call it a VA back years and years ago. It was before there was such a thing as a VA. I had an administrative management company and my, my mother, father, and I ran six offices in five different states. And one of the big things that I did and we were unpacking boxes the other day and I found the equipment was, I would do transcription, you know, for everybody under the sun. And we're pulling out all these old transcription equipment, the foot pedals, the, you know, all that stuff. And I went, God, think about now how it's just all automatic and, you know, robotic and it's it's amazing and it's still I don't think as good as what I did back years and years ago but it's well, really close <laughs> yeah I mean it's definitely a challenge for ac people with accents right it doesn't do those very well and I mean I used to do transcription before I realized what was wrong so I mean I knew that it was really hard and that it was really hard on my body but I didn't know why so when I talked to my rheumatologist and he was like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I transcribe and I manage social media. And that's like a lot of click, click, clicks, right? Mm -hmm. Manual dexterity and creating graphics and things. And, and I also write and he's like, you can't be typing that much. Like you need to not be typing. And I'm like, but that's my whole job. So I had to stop offering the transcription services and I had to focus on the areas that had the biggest ROI on my time because I didn't always know how much I would have. And I needed to make sure that when I do work, it was enough to cover what I needed to cover. So was that hard? Was it hard to hear that you couldn't do something? In oh my gosh. It was so frustrating. Like I am a spitfire. I like, you do not tell me I cannot do something, but my body was like, I kind of concur. 
So I had, you know, and it was a hard day because there was a lot of things that came out of that meeting that like, okay, maybe more children isn't in my cards. You know, like there was lots of like no's in there. So that was really frustrating, but he took some photos and he showed me basically like, if you continue down this path, this is what could happen to your joints. And this is what it will look like. And I was like, Ooh, no pass hard pass. I can't have my hands swollen so that they're not functional. Like I, I can't do that. So it was really, it was really frustrating. But what I found was that when I let those things go and I was able to focus on the higher ROI activities, I was able to generate more funds. I was able to reduce my stress because I wasn't scrambling all the time. And it helped me be able to have more recovery time. Ultimately it was a good thing, but it, I don't like having to like give in <laughs> and no, surrender. No, I, under, I understand completely. <laughs> and I think that's, that's so much of what we with, with chronic illness are, are dealing with is here we've had, and it's again, back to my little scooter with the turtle and the rabbit. I don't want to go turtle speed, you know, no, no. but I'm tired of getting black and blue spots from falling. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like I, I was, before I became symptomatic with my joints, I would go to the gym 10 to 11 hours a week. I was teaching pole dance for fitness and they were like, none of that. No, because if you're hanging off a joint that dislocates, you're going to fall on your head. And I was like, okay, well, we will say no to death. Like <laughs> yes. that's a pretty, that's a pretty, I, I can support that. I'm, I'm not happy about it because it was fun and I enjoyed it. And I mean, it's also having the right people in your corner. Like my massage therapist was the athletic therapist for our local pro football team. So he's good at putting broken bodies back together. And so he can handle somebody with my joint condition. And and he even kind of knew before I did and was trying to give me some hints because it's not within scope of practice to be like, Hey, you have this, but he could be like, these things you're doing are terrible ideas. And I didn't know why, but I was like, okay, then. How do you deal with someone who tells you it's all in your head? I do get that sometimes. And from people that, you know, or even in my circle that just feel like you can just mindset your way out of anything. And I've had to say, like, there are literal limits. Like this is a biological condition where the collagen in my joints is not of good quality and you can't just add more of it. It's, it doesn't work that way. and how it presents is very variable. And that's just the reality of the situation. And then, you know, in terms of the EDS and the mast cell, like the cells that mitigate my histamine responses, just randomly misfire. And there isn't really, like, there's some things that are making it more likely to do that, but you can't really eliminate down to a single trigger and just avoid it and be fine. It's not like being allergic to nuts where you just don't eat nuts and you're good. Right. So that's the reality is that this is what's happening and I just have to go with it and people can be supportive and they can be on my team and they can ask to be helpful or they can offer to listen. But if they're going to gaslight my existence and they need to find somebody else to spend time with, because this is the reality and it can be uncomfortable to watch. I get that. And it can be frustrating because you want to think that if you do everything right, everything will be fine. And the reality is, is that like, I can do everything right. And things are still not going to be amazing. Yeah. And it can be vulnerable for somebody who, you know, isn't facing illness to think that they could end up in that situation. So when people say that, I know that's not about me. That's about them. 
love that idea. And that's not something that I normally think about. You know, I, I get really frustrated with people who are making snide comments or go, yeah, right, whatever. But to think that they may be afraid inside too, that's an entirely different concept that needs our understanding. So it's not all just them needing to understand us. We need to understand them a little bit too. I love that idea. Yeah. I find it easier to swallow when I approach it with compassion and just be like, my goodness, it must be so scary for somebody to hear that there's conditions where there's really nothing that can be done about it. And then you just have to live with it. Right. Like, I feel like sometimes when I tell people, I have to like take care of them afterwards and be like, it's okay. I'm going to be fine. Right. Like (laughs) it can be really exhausting. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just a little bendy and a little sore and a little tired and a little itchy but I'll be okay eventually. That's interesting because I get, when I'm out there telling my story, I'll get people coming up to me and and saying, I'm so sorry you're going through this. And, oh, I wish there was something I could do to help. And I'm going, don't feel bad for me. You know, don't say you're so sorry. This is, this is a blessing really and truly in many respects. Yeah. I mean, I I can recognize the discomfort in, in hearing about it and thinking about it. And like, if you care about somebody, then you don't want them to be going through something. And it would be so much easier when you care about somebody if they weren't going through those things. But there are things that because of my condition, I've learned how to do things differently. Like I, because I can't do things the way most people can do them, then I've had to find ways to make it easier and ways to do it faster and ways to get things done in ways that like, if I didn't have this condition, I wouldn't be forced to innovate all the time. Right. And so I'm used to innovating and I'm used to finding easy solutions and obvious solutions and things like even like I used to, when my joints were really bad, I used to store my shoes on like the second shelf in the bathroom instead of on the floor, because then I wouldn't have to bend so far to get them. Right. And there was just so many like small adaptations, like I order smaller jugs of milk because I can't lift a big one. And, and like all of those factors that I've just had to figure out how to do life. And that's the thing when you have a systemic condition and you don't realize it's not normal. You just like, it's like, I was unaware that there are people who wake up every day and they are not nauseous all day. Right. I didn't know that other people's joints don't feel weird every once in a while. And that's them popping in and out of place. Right. Like it's, like, it's really like, I didn't realize that wasn't normal until uh, I was, all I knew was I was really swollen. Sometimes it really, really hurt. I was very tired. It was hard to get work done. And I mean, it felt like I needed to do things differently. And then when we looked at all of the evidence after lots of years of people being kind of like, wow, you're kind of a hypochondriac. I finally found a specialist who was like, all of those things you're complaining about fit under one umbrella. And that's a connective tissue disorder because it's a systemic condition that affects like every area of your body. So like, you're not crazy. This is all of these things are happening and it's all for one reason. But what happened was when they go through the checklist to be like, do you struggle with this? Do you struggle with that? It's like, heck no, I don't struggle with that. Like, I would never think to do that. That would be crazy right? Like I know I can't do X, Y, or Z. So I do this instead. So it always scores lower on severity because I don't, you know, I've already learned over like 30 plus years that I, I need to do things in a bit of a different way. So I think that's something that can be challenging too, in getting a diagnosis, especially if you 
I'm watching my son realize that there are some things about his experience that so he can ask me, hey, you know, does this happen to you? Or, you know, is this just like normal or and that's been really good to balance things off each other. Oh, I love it. That's great. I, I was thinking about going to the doctors since we moved down here to a new state. I had wonderful doctors back when I was living in Michigan that understood what I have, that knew the symptoms, that knew, you know, knew that there wasn't anything they could do to fix it, but knew how to care for these things. I come down here to this new state and I'm looked at by the doctors as though I'm crazy. And I have complex regional pain syndrome, which is a very, very severe nerve damage. And I can't cut my own toenails. I I just, it hurts. And my poor husband tries to cut them for me and he's gotten kicked and everything under the sun because I just can't do it. So I need to have a doctor. Went to the, went to the podiatrist and they were going to amputate my legs because I couldn't cut my own toenails. And I'm going, all right. I'll figure out something. So now we've figured out how to cut my toenails because I'm not going to have my legs cut off, you know, to, to have my toenails cut. So you're, and, and, you know, I'm thinking about things that go on for me and I have problems with my, my wrists and cause I've, I've fallen because of my leg, I've fallen and I've broken my wrists and, and different things like that. And, and I'm missing six inches of bone in my right wrist. And so I can't open jars. I'm sure you understand that. Don't you? Oh my gosh. Right. Opening things is really hard. Yeah. And I, I actually have CRPS too, because of the way the joints subluxate and then they create micro tears in the tissue around the joint. And then the body reacts really inappropriately to that. Mm-hmm. And so, cause it is constant re-injury. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like, definitely getting into things. And I have to look at clothes and be like, am I going to be able to do up that zipper? You know, I don't have things that have buttons. I have mostly things that are like one piece that I can pull on, right? Where I don't have to worry about how something is going to fit necessarily, right? Like seams cause blisters on my skin. So like yoga pants have to be like looser. And yeah, there's just... Lots of factors to consider that you don't really think about. Well, I can't believe that we're out of time already. That half hour sure did go fast. If there's something that we haven't talked about that you think is really important and needs to be said, what would that be? I would suggest checking out my book, um, Chronic Profit. And it has some strategies on how to systematize, simplify, and use self-care to be able to run your business when you're dealing with persistent pain. And where do you find that? Um, you can find it anywhere books are sold. Um, Amazon, you can order it in through Walmart or Target, um, Barnes and Noble, and any independent bookseller can order it as well. well and it's through self that. That's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's also in audiobook format. So you can listen to it on Audible, Google Play, and um, Apple's audiobook platform. So yeah, ebook, audio, and paperbacks. It needed to be accessible. 
Well, that's that's really great. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much, Allison. I Thank really you. Appreciate all the wonderful information and just being open and honest and vulnerable with us. I think that's what my listeners want to hear. And do you have something going on right now that you'd like to share with others? You know, do you have a program? Do you have something that that um, people could check into? Yeah, um, on my website, in my work with me section, there's something called More Than Words for Small Business Owners, and it is a diversity and inclusion coaching program for people who are looking to make their businesses more inclusive. So that's an option that I'm launching in November, and basically we help get you ready to welcome more people in who are different. That's wonderful. And those that your website will appear on the show notes. So anybody that's interested in looking for that, you can find it, uh, find it on the show notes here on the podcast. If there's something that you've got a question on, guys, ask us. There's a place right there on the show that allows you to ask questions. Let us know what other topics you'd like us to talk about in the future and just share the these sessions with your friends and colleagues. There's so much important information that we have that would be of benefit and help to others. So please get out there and share. Don't wait till pigs fly. And then finally, to wrap up, often after a podcast, people want to know more about some of the things that we do at Business Success Unlimited. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact info is also in the show notes. And right now we're getting set up for the kickoff of a new chapter of my 10-year-old mastermind program, which is a group of business owners who are all having similar issues running their businesses. They may have different kinds of businesses, but they all have some sort of a challenge, a chronic illness, and they're looking for support, guidance, accountability, a bit of training and a lot of fun. So if you'd like more information on that, send me a message to nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. And until next time, guys, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.